Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. was born into fame and wealth. You know my name and my family's legacy. However, my life was never destined to follow in the footsteps of my father or his father before him. Mine was for adventure and to satisfy my own sick curiosities. I will help lead an exploration to give supplies to a man who was cut off during a revolt. We will travel into the dark heart of Africa. There, I will pay to watch a child be murdered and eaten. I will never be brought to justice for my crimes and my family will pay to cover up what I did. Many decades after my death, a famous author and journalist, M. McLaughlin, will say, which is not related to me, but it holds significance to my case. Chief reason for drinking is the desire to behave in a certain way and be able to blame it on the alcohol. Who am I? That who would be James S. Jameson. And welcome to our very first episode of the Fiercely Altered Perspective podcast. Hell yeah, the fat pod. <laughs> I am Ember. I'm Quinn. And we are super excited Absolutely. that we are finally here. Hell yeah. Sorry to make you guys wait, but trust me, it'll be worth it. We hope so. We hope so. We're going to have a bunch of shout outs and recommendations and stuff, but we will do that at the end. Right. So what's going to be happening the next solid week mm -hmm. since we're releasing, well, I'll say it today, March 2nd, we're going to be giving you an episode a day until next Friday. Yes. And then from that point on, then we'll, we will be doing an episode each Friday. Yep. Once a week, every Friday. Once a week. But this first week, you get a whole bunch all at once. Right. So if you'd like to, check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, all at the Fap Pod. Yes. Also on Facebook, we have a, a page that is the Fap Lounge. Yes. That's our group page. We have some awesome mods that are in there that help run the page for us mm -hmm. as well. And it's a lot of fun. Fun. It's very interactive. Oh, yeah. And that's how we want this podcast to be as well. Absolutely. We want to know your feelings. We want to know your perspectives. We want to know how you feel about what we talk about, mm -hmm. about what goes on in your lives. Let us know because there's, you know, everybody's perspective is right, but nobody's perspective is right. right. <laughs> you know, I kind of view it how I view religion and a lot of other things. Either all of it matters or, or none, none of, of it. it. Right. And so we want to know. And after we get done talking about an, an episode, a case, whatever, we want to know our listeners. We want to know your your perspectives, your side on it. Maybe you'll bring something up that we never thought of. Sure. And, um, you know, if if there's something that happens that is really 
funny, awesome, whatever the case may be, we we might talk about it the next week. Sure. In the beginning of our episodes. Sure. Um, that's kind of what our beginning episodes will kind of be. Um, usually that's when we'll also throw out sponsors, whatever else we will have. Right. But today we're kind of doing it a little bit different since it's our first one and we're really excited. Sure. To Absolutely. Jump into it because if you haven't figured it out by the name James Jameson, the famous part is jameson irish whiskey yes oh which we love (laughs) even though i don't drink anymore we still love it i'll take her share perfect (laughs) perfect so uh jameson whiskey was actually established in 1780 by john jameson but it didn't become the full name until 1810 when they officially took over the Bow Street Distillery. Before 1810, between 1780 and 1810, they kind of worked on their own stuff, mm-hmm. but they were still part of a different company. Different distillery. Sure. Right. Sure. And so that's when that took over. So sometimes there's always debates on um, the year that's on the bottle of the sure. whiskey. They're like, wait a minute. Is but that for real? I think you're trying to jip us out <clears throat> in a few years. <laughs> but no, it's all legit. Perfect. So uh, James S. Jameson was born on August 17th, 1856 to Andrew and Margaret, great-grandson to John Jameson. However, instead of taking the Jameson family business, James wanted to explore. He did. And when he first started his explorations, he was more of a, they called it like a naturalist. Sure. You know, so he was there to study butterflies and beetles and birds. And he was actually the one to discover a kind of honey buzzard called a black fern. And then from there it grew into he also wanted to hunt big game and in some of his expeditions is how we actually learned about most of the birds in Southeast Africa. So cool. We have Jameson whiskey. We have, he's also in charge of, or he was in charge of, (laughs) he was also the one to discover a lot of the animals that we know of. Sure. So that's pretty cool. However, he has, he has some more. Oh yeah. There's, there's plenty more coming. Mm -hmm. In 1885, he married his wife, Ethel, who stood by his side even through what we're getting ready to talk to you about. Uh Uh, excuse me. On January 20th, 1887, James Joyd joined (laughs) Jesus. It's all right. We all do it. Yeah. James joined the Emin Pasha Relief Expedition as a naturalist. Now, the expedition was supposed to bring supplies to Emin Pasha, who was a German doctor and naturalist who became the leader of the Ottoman province in Sudan. But they were cut off, uh, cut off from their supplies. They were cut off from their supplies. <laughs> After a revolt in 1885, he was able to send out letters so they knew the general location of where he was, excuse me, and how to get to him. Yeah. So that's that's the story that they were being told in the beginning. And the expedition was led by Sir Henry Morton Stanley, who was put on the mission by King Leopold of Belgium. However, the real mission had nothing to do with Edmund Pasha. It was really, King Leopold was in a high state of anxiety at the time because during the 1800s, there were lots of other European monarchs who were going in and they're exploring all the different places, especially in Africa, killing out tribes, taking over to take their resources. Right. 
And he wanted to be able to have some of that as well. So it's all bargaining chips, right? Sure. So he tells them that they actually need to go to explore to the darkest, the heart of the darkest Africa to evaluate and establish Belgian colonies. But we're going to tell everybody else that we're going to go and give supplies to Emin Pasha, which they never did. In fact, he was actually shot and murdered by two Arab slaves in October of 1892. And the he she's talking about is Emin Pasha. Yes. Thank you. And this, he was shot well after this whole story that we're telling you about today takes place. Right. So they didn't care at all for that guy. Sure. Lies. <laughs> it's all bullshit. <laughs> so the team had reached the mouth of the Congo in March of 1887. By June of 1887, James was, le- James <laughs> was left as second in command in the or of the rear column under Major Walter Bartlett. Bart. Yeah, Bartlett? Or is it Bartello? And the T is silent. It could be Bartello. Let's go with Bartello. That sounds cool. Sounds fancy as fuck. Fancy as... I'm sure somebody might be able to help us out on this. (laughs) Sure. And uh, please forgive us. There is a few African names coming up. And yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, he was under the, the command of Major Walter Bartello at the Yumbaya on the Arawimi uh, uh-huh. River, modern day, de- uh, de- uh, Jesus, Democratic Republic of the Congo. Stanley's party moved forward with their expedition and the rest of everybody kind of stayed behind for a little bit. So some of the important people moving forward in this story is a man named Tipu Tip, who was a slave trader and governor who worked for a secession of the sultans of Zanzibar and he was well known to be a man like to be a feared man a lot of people didn't like he was scared to death yes and he had promised to give Bartello and James Jameson some Yambuai men as part of the expedition he's like yeah I'll help you out I'll give you some of these men we'll exchange some things however he never really did that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. They were supposed to act as carriers. Um, and another very, very important person in this expedition was a man named Asid Farin. Yeah. Asid Asad. Asad. Probably Asad. Probably Asad. Okay. <laughs> another very important person in this story. <laughs> right. Was a man named Asad Farron. Farron, Farron, whatever. Yeah who was a Sudanese translator for Jameson and Bartello. And without him, the story probably would have never been told. Uh, his accounts of what happened would later find their way actually to New York Times on November 14th, 1890. Jesus. hmm So Assad told about the extremely poor conditions of the camp led by Bartello and Jameson. The men didn't care about how the other men were treated and the conditions of how they were. Furthermore, when Sir Henry Morton, he- or Morton Stanley had come back to check on the camp about 60 of his 271 men were fit for duty yeah. so do that math 210 dudes were fubar mm-hmm. couldn't could not do anything they were either sick injured starving dehydrated whatever right. and their men in command were just like whoops who cares <laughs> right we don't care about these guys right 
So Bartello and Jameson would say that the reason that they're, or the reason was because their location was so remote and isolated that their Belgian steamers never showed. They had to use boats uh, that could be broken down and carried. The camp had been split into factions and the leaders didn't seem to care too much about them either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were supposed to get these, these Belgian steamers, these sort of boats, and that never happened. So they had to make these like dinky little things that each time they would have to set it up right and then tear it down right however africa at the time was a very spooky place oh yeah so uh, that left them exposed mm-hmm. a lot so there may have been some truth into what they said and you never know Assad could have just had his feelers hurt or you know sure you know once you start hating somebody they could breathe wrong and you'd be like please oh, just go it Right. I hate you so right. much. <laughs> so it could have been a little bit of, of that, too. I wanted to at least make sure that I threw that little disclaimer in that. Sure. And um, some more information out of this whole experience, the entire expedition actually came from James Jameson's journal or Assad himself. And in the journal of James Jameson, he was talking about the war between the Sudanese and... Uh, the Zanzibaris? Thank you. I'm so glad that you knew that I was going to struggle. <laughs> it was very intense. There was constant village burnings. Um, Bartello actually made, a, made blood brothers with a native chief. Not sure if that was a good thing or a bad right, thing. Right. Um, they were also collecting <clears throat> captives. Uh, women were trying to escape. People were being possessed. Uh, <laughs> they were punishing each other for theft. Smallpox was running rampant. Jaundice. Right. And there was a huge distrust between the officers. So between Stanley, Bartello, and Jameson. And these are just a few of the accounts found. Uh, there was a place... And I think I still have the links to all of it where you could actually go and read little snippets of his actual journal. And half of it doesn't make any sense at all because you don't, they weren't in order. Okay. They were just random. So you kind of had to be like, okay, I kind of know this storyline. Right, right. But yeah, it, it was, or they were letters written to his wife talking about what was going on. Okay. Mm hmm. This turns into a scandal because after Farron comes forward with the story, Jameson and government try to fight back saying it was slander. However, we do know by admission of Jameson himself, a lot of it is the truth. Exactly. Yeah. So while in mm-hmm, Ribacaba? <laughs> sure. Now known as Lokandu, which sits in the center of Africa as a township for the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, At the time, it was a main hub for slave and ivory trade. While there, Assad said that Jameson tells him how he was interested in cannibalism and he wanted to see it if it was real. The Congo was a very unstable, it was very unstable at the time. And there's a lot of myths, legends, and dangers uh, that surrounded the Congo itself. Sure. And... That's why it had the name Darkest Africa. And the the men on the expedition had heard about Caminable. Caminable? Cam- Caminable? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Some things never change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, you will know I am famous for doing this kind of stuff. So... They had heard about cannibals, and it actually became an obsession of Jameson's. So, the story, according to Assad, went a little bit something like this. Take it away. So, after Jameson expressed his interest 
Tipu took him uh, to a neighboring town, and Jameson bought a 10-year-old girl for six handkerchiefs. Six handkerchiefs. How six hankies. Yeah. That's a dollar at Walmart. I know. Six dollars. Oh, you can buy a five-pack for a buck. A dollar and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, six hankies. From there, he took her to the tent, or took her to a tent with the chiefs of the cannibal tribe. Uh, it was told that, excuse me, it was told to the chiefs by Tipu, this present is from the white man who wishes to see her eaten. The cannibal tribe started to sharpen their knives while the girl was tied to a tree. She looked around for help, but never made a sound. She was stabbed twice in the belly and eventually died from blood loss. After three of the tribesmen dissected her, they carried her body pieces down to the river and washed them before consuming. Later, this would be confirmed by some of the other members of the expedition who were there. Yeah, so they Jameson talks relentlessly about his obsession with cannibalism. And he finally, he's talking with Assad and he's like, hey, let's talk to Tipu. I want to see this done. So Tipu's like, okay, well, it's going to cost you six handkerchiefs. So Jameson made sure that he had those with him. They go, they paid six handkerchiefs to some family and they gave up their 10 year old child. From there, they took him to a neighboring tribe. Right. And then... Which, more than likely, back in those days, if it was a neighboring tribe, in a lot of cases, they were warring tribes. Oh, yes. Probably very much so, right. is my so guess as the well. The chief was probably looking at him and being like, six hankies? Hell, I'd have done it for three, but I'll take your six hankies. <laughs> right, exactly. And then they took him in, <clears throat> and that's where Tipo's like, hey, this white boy... He wants to see uh, you do your thing. Right. And they actually had a little ceremony before. And then once the six handkerchiefs were handed over officially. Right. Then they went and they took her and they tied her to a tree. And they were sitting and sharpening while they're like looking at her. Right. And she's looking around and this girl is the bravest human on Uh, the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. She knew exactly what was coming. Mm -hmm. Which could kind of give you an insight because... You take a 10-year-old girl and you tie her to a tree and then you stab her twice and she never screamed never at all. Never made a peep. The only noise that she ever made was when she actually finally bled out and like the last little bit of air is yeah. all that was reported. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To make everything worse, as everything was happening, Jameson was drawing sketches of the crime. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. It said after it was all done and all the pieces were brought back to the river, everybody went back to the chief's house, and then we don't know what happens after that. Right. Obviously, they that's had a where. Feast. Yeah, that's where they watched. Yep. Because you can't, <clears throat> if you want to see somebody do that, you can't just watch a murder a person. Got to see it through, I guess. Right. I don't know. After that, Jameson went back to his own tent and he finished the drawings and he had to add watercolor to it. Well, yeah. You gotta make it fancy. Well, I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he actually ended up bringing out six very detailed drawings, which I thought was funny mm-hmm. because he paid six handkerchiefs. So was it one for each? Could be. I don't know. Could be. Or uh- there was six handkerchiefs. Mm-hmm. There was six drawings. Mm-hmm. And there might have been six people carrying body parts parts maybe <gasps> dun, dun, dun. six 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 naughty jungle of love <laughs> number of the beast <laughs> um so one of the drawings was a girl being led to the tree the second drawing was of her being stabbed and he added the extra effect with the blood gushing out 
The third was of her being dissected, and the fourth, fifth, and sixth were all of men carrying off parts of her body to the river. And he showed these for the chief's approval, which he got, along with all the other drawings, and he showed those to the other men as well. Hmm. So, interesting. Right. So, from there, the story goes as follows. Excuse me. So you guys are aware, Ember and I both have been fighting off the gamboo of death. The plague that has been sweeping the globe. Right. Everybody's been getting sick. Right. So apologize for throat clearings and sniffles and Yes, I will try to make sure we get as much as those as much as those out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anything left over, just <laughs> we apologize in advance. Right. Anyway, from there the story goes as follows. This was found in an article on a wiki source from Morgan George Watkins, and most of this is all a direct quote. On arriving in the Yumbaya, 31 May 1888, Jameson prepared uh, for the evacuation of camp, which took place on 11 June. Tipu had at length sent 400 manyamas. Mm-hmm. I think so. Sure, to act as carriers, but they proved to be insubordinate. And Bartello, dividing the expedition into two, uh, hastened forward on 15 June. And left Jameson to follow with loads at great leisure. On 19 July, Bartello, which still in advance of Jameson, was shot dead in Unaria for trying to hit a woman. Stakes made, bitch. (laughs) Pretty sure he got what he had coming. Took one to the dome. Right. On receiving this disastrous news, Jameson hurried uh, to Unaria Mm -hmm. uh, and then to Stanley Falls, where he arrived on August 1st. On August 7th, he was present at the trial and execution of Sanga, Bartello's murderer, and obtained the promise of Tiputib, who seemed alone able to control the unruly native followers, to accompany the expedition in the search of Mr. Stanley, under conditions which it was necessary to submit uh, to the committee at home. Jameson offered to pay $20,000. Yeah, money wasn't an issue, but apparently if a chief only requires six handkerchiefs for a life. Right. But think about that. In the 1880s, 1890s, $20,000? Mm, Jesus. Yeah. Out of his own purse, rather than to follow the expedition to be, or then allow the expedition to be abandoned. In order uh, to place himself in communication with England, on August 8th, he left Stanley Falls to go, go down the Congo to Bengala, where Mr. Herbert Ward, the or a member of Major Bartello's party, was known to be awaiting telegrams from the Emin Committee. The weather was bad. A chill contracted by Jameson on August 10th developed into... Humatic fever? Okay. And uh, on 17th of August, the day after his arrival to Bengala, he died. On the 18th, he was buried on an island in the Congo opposite the village. So, dude got sick on the 10th, mm-hmm. died on the 17th. Buried on the 18th. Buried on the 18th. So, now we know that James Jameson is dead. So far, everybody is still in Africa. Bartello is dead. Okay. We have Assad, Tiputib, and we have a few other people that were close to the expedition. Sure. But that's it. Everybody's still in Africa. Nobody knows about this story, right? Right. So before he dies, he actually tells his side of the story when he wrote to Sir William McKinnon in August of 1888 while he was dying. And he tells that he was brought to the local's 
to the local's chief tent and that the ceremony for this was already in progress and that he was told he had to watch what was going to happen, but he thought that it was a joke. He didn't think that any of it was real. Really? Mm-hmm. This is what he's saying. Hmm. That there was no way that people actually eat other people. Right. It was just beyond his scope. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So as a bet, Tip O'Toole Jameson to give him six handkerchiefs to prove him wrong and that everything happened too quickly to sketch, but he tried to once he was home because he was shocked by the events. <laughs> so uh, some right. of the issues with Jameson's story is one, if the ceremony was already taking place, why would he need to pay anything to see it unless Tipu was just a sneaky bitch? Right. Also, they went and they picked the girl. Right. And Tipu's story about like, hey, here's this white man. Please eat this little girl. Right. Two, how would he have that exact number of handkerchiefs on his person at that exact time? Right. Hmm. Hmm. It just seems... I don't walk around with six hankies. Me neither. I have one hanky, but I don't have six hankies. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) my perspective on this, where we're at right now, is that he was, he knew he was dying. Right. He still had the drawings. Right. He still had his journal. Right. He's got to explain something. Well, that or he's trying to come up with some kind of a line so -hmm. that he can... Yes. Also, he, while in this letter, I'm, I will get to what my assumption is on this. He also <laughs> tried to discredit Assad by saying that he was a fraud in camel dealing. Oh. So I'm also guessing that Assad and James probably fought Had it after. Out. Sure. And Assad basically told him exactly what he thought of him. Right. And maybe he even told him, I'm going to tell. Right. And so now this guy's on his deathbed and he's like, oh, by the way, this Assad guy, he's just a fraud. He's a snake. Mm-hmm. Right. I... Interesting. Very interesting. Because there's there's a lot of information in this case, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of great big holes. There is. There is. And that's the one thing that kind of sucks when it goes back to our history. Sure. You know, now everything is so digitalized and everything is so... <laughs> right now. Yes. And everything is documented. Where back then, you're just getting somebody's perspective. Right. Somebody's opinion. Right. Of what they know. You know what they say about opinions. What do they say about opinions? Hmm. That they're like assholes. Everybody has one and they all stink. True. (laughs) True. On the flip side of that, everybody also needs one. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. (laughs) (laughs) You still gotta have it. (laughs) Right. So, some other things that show maybe Jameson wasn't as innocent as he claims was the family and the Belgian government paid a lot of money to cover up these atrocities that happened. Yes, um, they did. Oh, like a boatload of money. The administration or administrative general of the Belgian Congo and the secretary of the expedition, Sir Francis de Winton, ordered Assad Farron to sign a declaration saying his story was false. Mm-hmm. 
So that's telling me that Mr. Assad was probably was probably an honest person. They usually history shows us that usually the ones that are trying to tell the truth are the ones that are silenced first. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Winston didn't want his name to be tainted by the story along with others. It was also said that Stanley didn't believe that the story to be true until he saw Jameson's journal for himself where things were documented in great detail. I guess it's talked about in the book called Stanley, Impossible Life of Africa's Greatest Explorer. Yes, which that is something that we will cover in a later date because that goes through Stanley's life and all of his explorations that he had done. Sure. So it's supposed to be a great a great read. Perfect. But uh, Jameson's wife would release that letter by her husband stating how he thought that it wasn't real and that he had no idea what was going on. The one that he had sent to um, the chief guy in command. And I already, Sir William McKinnon. I was like, I already forgot it. I'm I am two for two today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what was funny is that when Assad released the paper to New York Times in November of 1890, Mm -hmm. it was two. Oh, it was the next day. It was the very next day that Jameson's wife was like, oh, here's this. Right. So this guy's a liar. Right. But this all happened two years after James died already. Right. So it's just weird how nobody said anything. Anything. Right. For two solid years. Until Assad finally broke silence. Right. And then they're like, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. This guy's a fraud. None of this really happened. Pay no attention to this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He... He's a horrible camel salesman. Mm-hmm. And you have to take into consideration, it's the 1800s, Jameson was a right. high up name. I wonder if Assad made sure to have their toes cleaned. <laughs> Oh, I love you so much right now. Oh, goodness. Oh, God. Oh. So, touching back on what we were kind of talking about earlier, is that it is known that, yes, the Congo was a scary place. Right. And, yes, there are tribes in Africa who have done many horrible things to each other, and we can't really understand why. However, there are equal accounts, if not almost more, of Europeans being monsters out of curiosity. and probably absolutely. Yeah, and maybe just more because they documented it, Mm -hmm. you know. But Mm -hmm. either way... It was us invading them and using them as pawns for their own amusement. Like, if you're like, oh, you know what? I feel like I want to see some cannibalism. Right. I'm going to pay and watch this go down. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's not anybody close to me. Right. And that's another thing, kind of derailing for a quick second, is... We have always been like this, where if we're not, if it's not face to face with us, if we're not personally involved, Mm -hmm. it's easy to detach. Sure. It's easy to be like, oh, well, this happened in Africa. I don't care. Right. Oh, this happened here. I don't care. Right. Oh, it was a male. It was a female. It was, you know, whatever. Right. And some of the stuff that we want to do with our podcast is we want to take that disconnect away. Sure. Absolutely. And so we want you to feel things. We want you to not just look at this as, oh, it was a long time ago. Right. Who cares? Right. You still should care. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, who's to say that certain things like this aren't still currently going on? 
Oh, yeah, they definitely are in all sorts of places. Oh, yeah. Everywhere, all over the world. Oh, yeah. Um, But this whole using people for their own amusement was something that many people said that Jameson and Bartello were, were guilty of. Right. Some of the other men that were on the expedition, uh, I think Tipu himself even made a comment about them being... A little underhanded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, if that comes from a guy who is known throughout Africa as being somebody to be feared... Right. And I'm guessing those two probably weren't the best of people. Right. Yeah, if... If the main monster in the area goes, these dudes are, these dudes are not square. These dudes aren't right. Mm -hmm. That goes back to the friend of my, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, excuse me. From all of this, it's known that the last mission, or that this was the last mission of its time. All non-scientific civilian explorations were suspended in Africa, only allowing, or yeah, only allowing expeditions held out by the government and the military. Yeah. So apparently, this caused enough of an uproar that everybody was like, enough. "All right, we're done. Enough. No mas. Yeah." So, the question remains, which one is true? Was James Jameson just an explorer who has been known to document birds and animals and was caught up in the moment of a heinous act and it was completely out of his own free will? Right. Or, while he was there, did that morbid curiosity take hold? And get the best of him. And he paid to watch a little girl get murdered. It's hard. Because, I mean, there's... Many one side of the coin says absolutely yes it is the other side of the coin says no 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 this isn't what happened i mean he was there but it this isn't exactly what was going on mm-hmm. so the fun flip side of all of this is now Assad right it was just a translator right but Ooh. a spooky dangerous hardcore no 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 no, no. no. I'm, I'm on the wrong person you were thinking tipu yep okay. I, the camel salesman the camel salesman right okay <laughs> with clean toes with clean toes <laughs> oh no <laughs> i mean it is called the fat pod people for hell sakes if we don't throw a camel toe in, in it somewhere we're just <laughs> We just are not seizing our opportunities here. Right. You can't talk about a camel salesman and wonder about their toes. (laughs) I mean, proper footwear is necessities. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's totally where I was at. Pervert. But. So you're taking a guy who probably does not come from the same background, obviously. Right. That James Jameson did. Right. Now, you know that the guy has drawings of this you know that he was kind of a weirdo that way sure he's dead maybe you could tell the truth but twist it right and maybe you might get offered some money to be quiet sure because that family has a lot of it Uh uh-huh and the last thing that they would want is to taint the name and potentially ruin the business oh yeah look at society now you can take a very high prestigious family and start poking holes in their armor and then suddenly nobody looks at them the same right right absolutely so yeah is it that way right or is it james's way how would james know that this guy was gonna come out and say something after he died right 
So, yeah. Da, na, 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 na. I love it because right. there's no way to know for sure. There's not. None so, of these people are alive. Right, right. So, did he just stumble upon this? Was he brought into it and it was already going on? Or did he do this out of his own sick, twisted curiosity? Mm-hmm. And the Jameson family stood by James, his wife. Oh, yeah. Definitely stood by. However, as you will find out, especially with our podcast, there are many times where somebody is one of the worst monsters you would ever meet, but to the public, they have no idea. No The clue. families have no idea. Yep. You never know the kind of monsters that are locked behind somebody's mind. Right. And so what is that statistic that throughout the average adult American's lifetime, mm-hmm. they walk by and or brush a serial killer or a murderer at least 36 times? Mm-hmm. And I think the other one was something like one in four people are actually psychopaths. Oh, good. However. Good. Not every psychopath is a bad person. Right. They actually say that a lot of them um, actually go into business, entrepreneurship. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. To rise to the top, sometimes you got to not care about humanity. Right. Looking at you, cover. <coughs> I mean, what? <laughs> We already know we're on the watch list. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Watch this. (laughs) So our question for everybody else, because we aren't going to be doing a guess who for this first week. Right. Just because that doesn't give everybody enough time. Right. Where it's day after day after day. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So our question, though, is which one do you think it was? Do you think James Jameson was innocent or was he guilty? And we want to know why. Right. Because you, too, can go and look up a bunch of this information. I mean, it's it's out there. It's pretty easy to find. And a lot of the information came from History Uncovered, Mm -hmm. the Inquisition, Mm-hmm. actual clippings from the new york times and it's all over google the oracle the oracle the magical oracle <laughs> so <clears throat> i also one of my biggest questions that i had immediately after mm-hmm. was i want to i want to know where the drawings are I wanna oh see yeah them. i want to see james jameson's full journal right where's his journal where's his drawings where's where's his actual in his hand Mm -hmm. where is his information Mm -hmm. because none of that's out there Mm -mm. it's all he said she said they said right and if it is out there it's been locked away and nobody is right bothered to try to find it or they just can't right i mean you try touching jameson whiskey history now shit (laughs) shit good luck all i know is i've made a bunch of their bottles history (laughs) 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 i have too i think we have jameson whiskey to thank for one if not all of our children (laughs) yeah 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 there's there's always that there's always that So, that brings us to the end of our first episode. We have our first question for you. But now we have to tell you a little bit about some things that we uh, are excited to share. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. First and foremost, we have to give the biggest shout out to Jason Lampley, who made our music. 
He is the brilliant mind behind that. Uh, I became friends with his dad mm-hmm. in my previous podcast. And um, then I had found out that Jason is a composer. Right. And so when we decided to start our podcast, we reached out and we said, make something creepy. Right. Make something ominous. Make something creepy. Make something that when you play it, you go, Hmm. You're a little scared. You're a little excited. Right. You know, and hopefully we will pack that extra punch behind as we continue to move forward with some of our very awesome cases that we are excited about. Right. But he is amazing. That's all we told him. And he came up with that immediately. We didn't have to change anything. Right. And we said, make something creepy, but make it be your own. Yeah. Because we're we're big fans on that. Um, that's another thing that we want to do too. Is if if anybody likes to draw, if you're an artist of, if you have talent of any kind. Oh, don't mind our cat. Yeah, our cat's just saying hi. <laughs> that was cracker. <laughs> But if you are an artist of any kind and you want to, if you have a passion about something, like let's say you like dragons, you like vampires, you like true crime, you like whatever. Right. If you want to make us a cover art picture, we'll throw it up on the episode. We'll give you awesome props if you have a place where you want to sell your own stuff. Absolutely. We will link that. We want to be able to, like we kind of talked about throughout the episode, is we really want to have a deep interaction with everybody. Oh, yeah. And so we want to be able to use our platform for good. Absolutely. As we, well. We want to be able to help those that have helped us and or are... Mm, it's it's not that they're too prideful to ask for help, but they no. just won't ask for help. Or sometimes people may not know. It's right. that it's that whole thing that there could be somebody that could hold the cure for many diseases. They just don't have access to the education. Right. You know, it's that right. same it's that same way. There's there are many people with hidden talents beyond anybody's expectations. Right. But they just don't know how to get it out there. Right. And so since we have a little bit of that, we just want to help chuck you into the universe oh yeah and jason lampley is wanting to be a composer full-time and he does amazing things you can check him out on jasonlampley.com right and see all of his other stuff and we are hoping that he is gonna continue going the way that he's going which is forget the moon Forget the stars. Yeah. He's going into different galaxies. He's going to go check out Alpha Century. Yeah. And so we're just excited that we get to say, he made us music once. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So on the lines of that, uh, somebody that holds a very, very, very big place in my heart. Um, he's, he's my brother, not by blood, but he's my brother. Mm -hmm. His little girl is the artist, or not the artist, but she is the concept behind a comic that is coming out and it's called sugar glider yes this is for you jason and shelby yes please 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 keep your eyes and your ears peeled i cannot speak highly enough about jason that man is an angel amongst men he really is and shelby is amazing she is and she's such a sweetheart she really is and it's awesome to see she is a 12 year old girl right Going into the comic book world. Right. And she's kicking ass. Oh, my gosh. And we're so excited for them. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, if anybody is in the Utah area. Right. May 12th. Yeah. Yeah. In Salt Lake. Yeah. 
they're going to be doing a fancy little launch party. And in our uh, show notes, I'll be sure to link uh, Sugar Glider's information. Right. And so, stuff. so one of the things that I can say that I do know for a fact, mm-hmm. X Ambassadors. Yes. The band X Ambassadors is on board with Sugar Glider. Yes, they are working together, which is amazing. It's <laughs> so so rad oh i'm so excited for them right like i've got full-blown chicken skin Mm -hmm. talking about this i am pumped as gas and it couldn't happen to better people no it really couldn't so you guys will hear us talk about uh sugar glider often yes (laughs) often (laughs) often often because it's awesome i like the concept behind it oh yeah um i want everybody to be sure to go and check it out yep so they can have their own right. excitement about right. it. Even if you're not into comic books, it's a young woman trying to come Abs- out in the world that is mostly predominated by men anyways. Right. And predominated? Is that a word? No. Pre- predominantly? Yeah. Predominant. <laughs> wow. You know what? I love it- you and it's late. After a certain time. See, so we do this podcast after our kids go to bed. We actually tried to do this earlier today and it just did not work out. Right. But the second I say goodnight to my children and I close the door, my brain is like, goodnight. <laughs> and I'm out too. And I like to make up words. Hey, so, it's all good. It's you know, all good. Um, you guys will also hear a lot of Quinnisms throughout this podcast and his are funny and cheeky mine you just look at me and you're like oh sweet baby (laughs) but anyways yeah so on a totally different note from that another huge shout out and i checked with the boss man before i did this uh i know you don't have a beard no, I do not, but, but I, I like to sit on one. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> oh, whoops. I didn't say that. I guess I should grow one then. <laughs> oh, I, wait, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> nah, so I've, I've got a, a pretty good sized beard. And uh, if you or your loved ones or anybody that you know has a good beard, a any kind of a beard, if it doesn't matter. If you see matter. a beard in need. Right. Go check out Badass Beard Care. It's at badassbeardcare.com. It's a veteran-owned, veteran-ran company. Um, it's amazing. Oh, my God. I I have had facial hair since, Jesus, I learned how to tie my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you are quite the Wookiee. I am. But I've always had, like, Brillo pad hair. It's just rough and scratchy and wiry and bristly and blah, 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 blah. And just stumbling through Facebook a couple of years ago, I saw a deal for it. And I was like, wait a minute, this is veteran owned, veteran ran. Hey, that kind of speaks to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Let's check these guys out. So I got on and I got looking around and, uh, Hey, they have free samples. They all do. you, all you have to do is pay for shipping and they've got all kinds of different scents and blah, blah, blah. Oh my goodness. Um, one of my favorites. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> Oh, and the ladies, they all smell amazing. Just so you know, it is the best thing to have a man with a good beard that is actually soft. It's not offensive. It seriously feels like silk is growing out of my face. And it smells nice. Right. Oh. Right. I really like the Viking. Yes. But I really, you know, there hasn't been one that I haven't liked. Right, right. Um... 
I will add this. I have never, ever seen customer service like this. Oh. Ever. The best. Ever. Um, they, they literally back their product 100 percent one hundred percent so even though badass beard care is in no way a sponsor or anything no. like that no we're gonna talk about them quite often just because we like them so much and we want people to right so if you if you do go and you check it out and you decide that you want to give them a try down in the comment section put my name quinn q-u-i-n-n hammond h-a-m-m-o-n-d just put that in the comments or comment section i don't get a damn thing from it no all that that is is it's a way to track how you came to visit them right but with that let's move on to our patreon folks those we can do patreon and then we'll do our last our other one our awesome true crown boxes oh sweet jesus i'm getting ahead of ourselves that's okay that's okay i apologize i apologize babe take over okay i have to talk about just killing time.org because they have created the most amazing thing if you are a true crime nerd at all even if you're just slightly interested, right? you're going to want this. Oh, yeah. Because it's like a geek box. Right. So this is what I can say. <sighs> I like true crime, but I don't like it the way you like it. Yeah. And I like it probably more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> but the box pleases us both. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It is so cool. So Kayla and Lindsay are the beautiful minds behind this and kayla fun fact is the one who made our logo hell yeah so you have her to thank for that awesome design right that came from her little beautiful brain and she does a lot of the designs for the true crime box yeah so there's a bunch of different boxes that you can choose from there's one that's um the cheapest which just gives you like a little little snippets right. of what are in the boxes so you can decide eh, am i gonna get stuff that is gonna be worth my time or my money right trust me you you don't even need that just jump right into the boxes just get it trust me because you can get the month-to-month box and every month you get a box that has a shirt plus more our first box had a shirt it had a book it had a magazine it had a coffee cup it had stickers it has original artwork all the time it has trading cards custom just killing time trading like deck cards right that have serial killer information on them (laughs) it has big cards that has information on it oh my gosh it just has everything it makes me so happy right um you can buy uh you can pay for six months in advance and then you get a discount or you can pay for a year in advance and you get a discount trust me you're gonna want this because i'm never gonna shut up about it (laughs) every time we get a new one our first shirts that we got were so amazing they're kick ass and every every box is different. Once that box is done, that's done. Right. So you are getting collectible stuff. Right. Oh. Right. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. So you'll want to go and check out JustKillingTime.org. Trust me, their prices are extremely fair. Oh, yeah. For mm-hmm. what you're getting out of the box. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So be sure to go and do that. 
And now, now we can thank our wonderful, awesome Patreon people that we did not expect to have. Right. Oh, my God. We had a group of amazing people who found our Patreon without us even saying anything in the beginning. Right, right. They they knew that our name was out there. They knew that the fat pod was coming. Mm-hmm. And they went sleuthing on their own and came up with it. Right. So we have to give a huge shout out to Sean and Diane Rudd. Right. They are amazing people. We know them personally. You you might know them. I I don't know if you know them, Quinn. I don't uh, know if you know them. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea other than uh yeah 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 there's been lots of beer drank there and uh <laughs> hey diane something about a motor mount in your little mustang <laughs> <laughs> we have to give them the most love right right um from allison sonia abigail sam daniel uh the mall podcast right sarah tiffany and kendra thank you guys all so much. Absolutely. Because they also came and they, they joined us and they were so gracious, uh, it actually was able to help us get some of the things for our podcast. Right. Which we, we are very grateful for. If people want to come and join and be a part of Patreon, you are more than welcome to patreon.com slash the fat pod sure um we also we also set up our patreon too to where i we know that there are a lot of people out there who want to be able to help in some way sure this is things that i have learned right um but it's hard it's hard to be able to help everybody's struggling right now oh yeah and so we try to set it up to where even at the lowest setting of just a dollar a month which it all pulls out the first of every month right uh you get to know what episodes are coming next a little bit earlier than everybody else sure you get shout outs on the show when you join uh there'll be stickers sneak peeks and audio clips so you get to get those things at just a dollar where a lot of times bonus episodes different stuff like that is at a way higher five dollars and up yeah yeah we're trying to do it all very budget friendly right for those that want to join but we're not going to be asking no by no means do you need to feel obligated to be a patreon not by any means Mm -hmm. probably the only time that we'll mention patreon is when we're doing a shout out right other than that it'll be found in show notes but right that's that like and don't get us wrong by saying this that we greatly appreciate it oh we we do more than words can ever describe we greatly greatly appreciate it and it helps so much it does however it is not anticipated or expected no no never ever so but we definitely wanted to really give each of you guys a massive shout out also uh mall podcast great podcast they are another couple right another male female right and they cover mysteries and urban legends and they are amazing absolutely so you're gonna want to be sure to check out them uh we actually have a promo for them that we'll plug in at the end of this one hell yeah i've been friends with them since they first came out of the gate i think they were only on episode three when i found them right on yeah right on they're great people perfect great people so um i know that there was more but well hmm. there'll be more tomorrow there will be more tomorrow (laughs) don't forget whiskey cannibalism was james jameson innocent was 
Was he not? Was he not? Did he partake? Right. So many questions. So many questions. Hey, on that. We'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey guys, do you like mysteries and urban legends? Do you like creepy stories and unsolved true crime? Then join us every Tuesday and Saturday at Mysteries and Urban Legends and get to the bottom of weird urban legends and spooky mysteries.